I mean, it would seem to me that when the Republicans see Al Franken coming, a lot of guys head in the other opposite direction. Um, no, no one heads in the opposite direction. Either they uh, come uh, come up and they're hostile, or they come <laughs> up and they want their picture taken with me. Actually, ninety five percent of the delegates are, are very nice to me. Uh, Rush Limbaugh is going to be here in St. Louis on Saturday. They're going to be uh, smoking cigars, drinking martinis, and uh, just basically, uh, you know, railing on the Democrats. Does is it worth anybody's time to get in Rush Limbaugh's face, or is that a just complete waste of time? Well, it was certainly worth my uh, time. <laughs> By the way, Rush has lost a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. People ask me why did I write the book, or why did I title the book Rush Limbaugh's Big Fat Idiot? And uh, at the time, Rush was very, very, uh, very, very, very fat, <laughs> uh, with a huge, huge gut and a and, and a fat ass. He's he was a fat, fat, fat man. <laughs> uh, I'm mean, really morbidly obese, but he has lost. Uh, I'm talking really, really fat. But anyway, um, <laughs> but he's lost like a hundred pounds since I wrote the book. Uh, I saved the man's life, <laughs> and he has not. He has not thanked me. Didn't bother to even pick up the phone. Um, no. This is also another interesting thing that's been kind of developing over really the last couple of days, not even weeks. I mean, he was really, really, really <laughs> <laughs> Is that, uh, uh, what is it that we're missing about Al Gore that you seem to have connected with? Uh, Tipper. The first time I met Tipper was at the uh, 1994 White House Correspondence Dinner where I was speaking, and I took Tipper aside and I said, I have a joke about your husband, and my instinct tells me it may be a little over the line. <laughs> and she said, well, what's the joke? And I said, okay, here's a joke. Uh, Vice President Gore reaffirmed his commitment to the environment today when he announced a new policy regarding the stick up his butt. <laughs> <laughs> instead of instead of replacing the stick every day with a new stick, as he does now, the vice president announced that he will keep the same stick up there for the rest of the administration. Evidently, this will save an entire rainforest. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, um, I'd go with my instinct. <laughs> uh, I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous, don't be rocky, you're our teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful look. Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before? It's like deja vu all over again. Monday, March 21st, 2022. 240 days remaining in our American democratic system of government as we have known it. How you doing, kids? You got JC sitting right here at jconthelinecom I teased this a little bit last week. We're going to have a fairly major announcement. I, th I think people are going to perceive it as such. A couple of days. I don't know which day it'll be. Could be this week, could be next week, but it'll be soon. And we'll tell you about that very, very soon. All right, let's uh, start with an update on the Cardinals. I watched a little bit of the ball game yesterday. Dylan Carlson hit a it had to be a 450 foot home run to left, three run homer. This thing went so far it actually smashed against the backstop of one of the practice fields out beyond the left field fence. It was a shot. Paul Goldschmidt with a solo home run. Cardinals hang on to win. That's the good news. The bad news: Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright. 
Alex Reyes. Now, Wayno pitched the other day. He pitched uh, two innings and looked fine. Flaherty, that's a different story. Alex Reyes, we won't see him until the summer, it appears. Flaherty got a shot uh, for a terror in his shoulder. And people are like, how the hell is a shot going to help a terror in uh, somewhere in your shoulder? Well, I looked this thing up and I did put it on my Facebook page, the showgram with J.C. Corcoran, because it, it was very, very interesting. They're using these platelets, this ad, like advanced medical technology that's available right now, and then they shot that right in there. And these platelets really sort of laser focus, to put it in a non-medical term, on the area that is sore or needs repair or whatever. And apparently the results are pretty good. Now, I don't know if pretty good is going to be good enough, but that's all I know about it. But it should be noted that, yes, the Cardinals do have a long, illustrious history of downplaying spring training injuries. You know, you hear somebody's got a sore shoulder, and the next thing you hear, he's out for the year. And then everybody was holding their breath yesterday because there's a play about uh, midway through the ball game, oh, late in the ball game, where Dylan Carlson goes back there on a fly ball like to the wall, and this goofy center fielder, this rookie, comes racing over, and Dylan Carlson pulls up. This guy had no business being over there. You almost had a major collision out there in right center field. I watched up until about, I don't know, maybe the sixth or seventh inning, and then it gets so confusing. These guys out there, it's like, who the hell is this? And if you're listening to the to the radio broadcast, it's even funnier because even John Rooney and guys like that, you can tell they don't have any idea who's playing. It's like, I don't know. Nothing is corresponding to the piece of paper that I got in front of me here with the roster. I don't know who this guy is. Just call him non-specific player from the Dominican. Here we go again with COVID, not just the illness, but also the arguments. UK cases have doubled. Dr. Fauci and the other people from the CDC are concerned about the quote-unquote relaxed behavior here in this country where only 30% of people are boosted. And, uh, you know, put it this way. So in England, they've had a 50% spike, a place where 60% of the population is boosted. Here in America, only 30% of our population is boosted. That does not bode well. I wouldn't throw away my mask if I were you. 65% of our population now has been vaccinated, and that's not good enough either. And like I said, so now you not only have the problems with the illness, but now everybody arguing about it too. And the deniers are just hilarious. Unintentionally hilarious, but hilarious nonetheless. I'm sad to report a death, and I almost called it a celebrity death in St. Louis, but in certain circles, he certainly was considered a celebrity. Dr. Alan Londi. Now, the best way I can describe Dr. Londi is that we had him on the air, I would say probably around 93, 1993. And at that time, at that time in 1993, he had done roughly 22,000 breast augmentations, 22,000. He did his first one in 1969. Odd that I would remember details like this, but there are so many women running around all over the St. Louis area and all over the region for that matter, who got the little tank top BBL boobs by Londie. You think I'm making this up? I'm not. He was uh, one of the most uh, famous, perhaps the most famous plastic surgery specialist when it comes to boob jobs of anybody across the entire Midwest region. 
And he was a character, by the way. Like I said, he did the first one in 1969 when he was in the service. He was in the army or something, and the general's daughter wanted a boob job, and he was approached, and he said, yeah, I think I can do that. And he did his first one in 69. And like I said, fast forward to the early 90s, 22,000 breast augmentations. And he was a real character. He was a really fun guy. He looked like Chevy Chase's dad. And he enjoyed a good joke. He could tell a good joke. He was a great guy. And it really saddens me for one reason in particular is that he he only retired a couple of years ago. So he only got a couple of years of retirement. But I used to watch his Facebook posts. He looked like he was having a hell of a good time. I don't know what the cause of death was or if he had been sick or anything like that. I don't know any of those details. But like I said, St. Louis lost a real character and a guy whose work shall we say, we've all been enjoying (laughs) just by walking around, not having any idea that that girl who was walking the concession stand at the pool, we almost spit your hot dog out of your mouth over. All that was uh, the work of Dr. Alan Londi. We say goodbye to a real St. Louis character. We do all of the biggest stories here on the J.C. Corcoran podcast. This is sort of a sad story. A North Carolina dog abandoned and sent to an animal shelter because its owner thought the dog was gay. Fezco, F-E-Z-C-O, is held up at the shelter in the Stanley County Animal Shelter there after his owners caught him humping another male hound. Of course, the owner's reaction is ridiculous. Dogs do this for dominance. It's got nothing to do with whether or not the dog is gay. I don't even know if there are gay dogs. I know there is homosexuality in the animal community, but I don't know if dogs are one of them. The shelter has posted Fezco's story on Facebook, assuming prospective owners know he's a good boy and kind to people and by all accounts, a great dog. This couple in North Carolina should not be allowed to have dogs or humans in their house. I'm going to ask you this question, and then I'm going to duck. How's your bracket? (laughs) Out of all of the brackets nationwide, only 0.29% had St. Peter's making it to the Sweet 16. They're from New Jersey. Oh, and by the way, some guy bet 75 bucks on him to win it all. Then it's going to happen. But if it did, for some reason, the guy would win $37,500. St. Peter's plays again on Friday against Purdue. By the way, after St. Peter's beat Kentucky, the Peacock streaming service paid for their cheerleaders to attend Saturday night's game, which I thought was cool. And by the way, do this whole thing about getting vasectomies during March Madness, is that a thing or not? Somebody did a study in 2018 found the most popular time to get snipped isn't in March. It's near the end of the year because you're more likely to hit your insurance deductible by then. But it also found there are more vasectomies than average in March. So yes, it's true. There's been quite a few stories out there this month about urologists who say they get about 20 to 30% more surgeries scheduled in the last year. ESPN claimed it's more like a 50% bump. So guys get their, as my mother would have said, your what's snipped, and then you sit on a bag of ice for the entire weekend because you're going to be doing that anyhow watching NCAA basketball. How about this UFC fighter, Patty the Batty Pimblet, threatened to punch Mark Zuckerberg's head in because he had his Instagram and Facebook accounts suspended. He called him a lizard, the biggest bully in the world, end quote. That coming from a UFC guy. But it's nice to see Mike Krzyzewski advance to the Sweet 16. 
Chicago guy, and I was watching the Michigan State players and coaches at the end of the game shake Shashevsky's hand. That's going to be something they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. And it got me thinking, what is the female equivalent of that? Because if a guy's walking around and he's going through an airport or something and he sees Michael Jordan and gets a picture with Michael Jordan or just gets to shake his hand or meet him or say hello or whatever, he's going to tell that story for the rest of his life. And that's pretty much what men do with regard to professional athletes. Big, big, big stars. And I was watching this and going, yeah, these guys, these 19, 20-year-old guys will be telling the story of how they shook Mike Krzyzewski's hand once. And I started thinking about women, going, well, what is the female equivalent of that? And I I had a hard time coming up with something. And then it, it struck me that perhaps somebody like a political figure, if you're a Democrat, if you met Hillary Clinton or something like that, you would think that that would be a really big deal. I think women get more excited about meeting musicians, you know, rock stars, entertainers, and stuff like that than men do. Then, of course, there's Fabio, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, people like that. So regardless of whether you're a man or a woman, you've exhibited silly, immature behavior (laughs) when you react to meeting somebody who's famous. The A-List Interview with JC and the Morning Show Grams. Legendary Duke basketball coach Mike Krzyzewski. You can tell that a guy is famous when his last name is spelled K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-I and the world has basically learned how to pronounce his name. It took a while. It's really, to me, one of the more remarkable things that has happened, (laughs) especially in the South where Krzyzewski sounds like 20 letters instead of 10. They can pronounce it better if they don't look at it. (laughs) Uh, When I'm introduced for a speaking engagement or anything like that, I tell people, don't look at the name and says well you got to look at the name i said don't look at it you'll never be able to do it <laughs> and Shashevsky, by the way one of those guys who has had a very visible very highly publicized professional well even though it's college it's still professional professional career in college coaching and walks away relatively unscathed you don't see much of that almost everybody's got some dirt somewhere and i'm sure Shashevsky does somewhere but i ain't gonna talk about it today Oh, and I mentioned Michael Jordan a few minutes ago. It was 28 years ago today, 1994. Michael Jordan was cut from the Chicago White Sox spring training roster and sent to the minors. So a lot of people, I would say the majority of people, who still don't understand that whole Michael Jordan thing about him quitting basketball and trying to make it in the major leagues. Well, we're going to fix that today if you pay close attention to this. This is columnist Bob Green. He wrote, a book about Michael Jordan called Hang Time. And it wasn't just some guy going, oh, Michael Jordan's a great guy and he's a great basketball player. He hung out with Jordan for a year and a half, just followed him everywhere, went on the road with him, got complete and total 100% access to a guy who at that time, you know, we're talking about the 1990s here, was one of the most famous people in the world. And I've always thought, as you and I have talked about before, as fascinating as it is to watch Jordan on the field of play, which is very Jordan in a hotel room with the door double locked, the do not disturb sign out, his feet up on a table, the phone off the hook, trying to make sense of this life of his. That Jordan is even more fascinating. So that's what I've sort of, because, you know, he's, he's living Elvis Presley's life. And yet when the room service guy comes up, he expects lines of assistants and guards and uh, secretaries around Jordan, and the door opens up, and it's usually just Michael in a pair of shorts. You know, one guy, he's one guy in a 12-man team, 
and yet his life is so much different than anything anyone else really in the world is living right now that I've thought uh, to get to know Jordan the man, not just Jordan the athlete is what I've tried to do. Bob, uh, people would look at Michael Jordan and say the guy has got everything, but clearly he has given up a lot. If you would say to Michael Jordan, what do you want for your life, for your family right now? What does Michael Jordan want? What would make him happy? I think he'd like to go to a mall by himself. I think he'd like to be able to take his family to a, to an amusement park. Um, I think he'd like to go out for a walk. I asked him once. I said, when's the last time you went out for a walk by yourself? And he said, probably not since high school. I mean, no no one's asking any. you know, Jordan's not asking anyone to feel sorry for him. I mean, the rewards are, are huge. But there are no phrases that are not cliches um, to describe how much a prisoner of being Michael Jordan he has become. And... Um, during the reporting for Rebound when we were down in the minor leagues, that's the closest I came to Jordan, seeing Jordan become, by his own uh, doing, ordinary. It'll never happen, really. Yeah, and by the way, the last time we tried to track you down was a couple of years ago, and we couldn't do it because you were following him around down through the minor leagues. Um, What was going through his mind? Because to this day, a lot of people just think it was kind of the whimsy of a sports superstar who had almost like temporarily lost his mind. Well, you know, it's it's a cliche uh, to say it. It's part of the legend. But um, Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team when he was 15. He was told you're not good enough. And when you're 15, you don't know you're going to be Michael Jordan someday. <laughs> all, all you know is the one thing you want the most, which is to be included on that team. You've been told you're lacking. You've been told you're no good. And when that happened to him as a 15-year-old, um, I mean, all he did is turn around and make himself the best player who ever lived. And the people who got him through that were his mother and his father. James Jordan really was Michael's best friend. And when his dad was murdered, um, Michael did the one thing you'd think he could never do, which is he willed himself to be ordinary again. He went to the one place where he was guaranteed to be laughed at and snickered at and told you're no good. He went to baseball. And he walked away from a place where he would be told every day of his life you're the best who ever lived. And all of a sudden, he was playing with guys. These guys were 10 years younger than Jordan in the minors. I mean, some of them, two years before, had been high school kids with Michael Jordan posters on their walls. And now, not only were they playing with him, but they were better than he was. And they knew it, and he knew it. And yet, in his grieving, in his mourning over what had happened to his father, it was the only way he could go to escape. I mean, it's impossible for Michael Jordan to be invisible, whether he's playing sports or not. So he went somewhere where he was guaranteed to, in some way, disappoint the people in the stands every night. And I, I, and I really do believe that everything that's come since, coming back to the Bulls, coming back to the championship, um, was built on that foundation. And that's what these fans are here to see. Jordan, he's handled a couple of chances well. He made an air on a ground ball, got a base hit that drove in a run. There's another hit! A drive down the third baseline! The tying run may score. He's around third, racing for the plate. The throw. Michael Jordan has tied up the ball game with a ground double to left. And this crowd 
Maybe it's silly, but I just got goosebumps listening to that. First of all, hearing Harry again, and that was at a very, very advanced age. And if you're saying to yourself, wait a minute, I'm confused. Michael Jordan was playing for the White Sox. How is Harry Carey doing the game? Well, it was a game between the White Sox and the Cubs that they play every year. But think about that. You know, his father is murdered, not Harry Carey's. Michael Jordan's father's murdered. And, you know, your mind just starts working in odd ways. And he just wanted to be ordinary again. He just wanted to be ordinary for a while. And like I said, it's been years. It's 28 years ago that all this happened. And there's a lot of people who still don't understand it. But now you understand it. Can't get this stuff just anywhere, folks. You know, you just can't get this stuff anywhere. All right, our long national embarrassment is coming to an end. Maury has been canceled after 31 seasons. The show debuted in 1991 as the Maury Povich Show. Maury himself doesn't have another gig lined up. He's 83 years old, by the way. American Idol auditions continue tonight on ABC. And the series premiere of American Song Contest at 7 on NBC, Kelly Clarkson and Snoop Dogg host this new competition where each of the 50 states competes for the title of Best Original Song. Late night Leslie Mann, who's married to John Apatow, and they just announced they're going to do a movie, uh, a prequel to This Is 40. I guess it's called This Is 30. Anyhow, she is quite the handsome female. Also, Mikey Day from Saturday Night Live. That guy is, along with Alex Moffat, they really churn out a lot of stuff. It's like having two Phil Hartmans. You know, Phil Hartman could just do anything, could do anything. Mikey Day is one of those guys. Wanda Sykes, who's going to be one of the... Oscar hosts on Sunday night, along with Michael Sarah on with Kimmel tonight. For some reason, Stephen Colbert and Seth Meyers not working tonight. And James Corden has Lizzo and also Gabrielle Union. Have you ever wondered about the origin of some of your favorite band names? Well, this website, Loudwire, put together a list of 20. Here's a couple. I think everybody knows the story about Led Zeppelin after the Yardbirds broke up. Jimmy Page started the new Yardbirds with Robert Plant, John Paul Jones, and John Bonham. Keith Moon told Jimmy that the project would crash and burn like a lead balloon. Stone Temple Pilots, I didn't know this. After a few name changes, they were inspired by the STP motor oil logo. Stone Temple Pilots. Of course, the Beatles got their name sort of a spinoff of Buddy Holly and the Crickets. Green Day, well, everybody in the band shared a fondness for the Giggleweed, so they decided to use a Bay Area slang term for spending an entire day doing nothing but smoking pot, thus the name Green Day. Fall Out Boy came from the Simpsons. Fall Out Boy is the name of Radioactive Man's sidekick. Turns out Pete Davidson will not be going into space. I think that was supposed to be this week. There might have been something in his NBC contract that said, uh, no, you're not, you're not doing that. There's going to be a celebrity-filled telethon to benefit Ukraine on Saturday that includes Steve Martin, Catherine O'Hara, and Eugene Levy. We'll try to get more details on that. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck are buying a $50 million estate. West Side Story star Rachel Ziegler says she wasn't invited to the Oscars, even though the movie has a bunch of nominations, including Best Picture. They'll probably fix that this week. Birthdays today, Matthew Broderick, Ferris Bueller, who we all got to know in high school, is 60 today. 
Yeah, that shook you up, didn't it? Rosie O'Donnell is 60. Gary Oldman, 64. Roger Hodgson of Supertramp. We've seen him two or three times, including down on the boat in South County a couple of times. And you want to talk about a show. Holy Jesus, is that guy good. And just looks like one of those guys who's just like, can't find a thing wrong with the guy, and I am not even looking anymore. Boy, he still has his voice. He still's got his chops there on those keyboards. Man, were those shows good. If you ever get a chance to see Roger Hodgson, go do it because uh, you can thank me later. He's 72 today, and Timothy Dalton, the weakest of all James Bonds, 76. It was 33 years ago today, 1989. Dick Clark says, I've had it with being America's teenager. 10,000 musical acts that appeared on American Bandstand. He said, that's it after 33 years. Also 33 years ago today, 1989. Sports Illustrated reported allegations that Pete Rose bet on baseball. Took him until 2004 to admit it. He, of course, is banned for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Still hoping they will restore his eligibility someday. 33 years ago today, God, all three of these things were 33 years ago tonight, 1989. Madonna released her fourth album. That was the one with Like a Prayer, which was released as part of a soft drink commercial, but it had all these, <laughs> well, a lot of religious people thought that there was a lot of blasphemous stuff in that Like a Prayer video, and uh, they apparently signed on before they saw the video. And let's talk Women's History Month. A couple of days left in the month of March. A new study looked into an emerging relationship trend. Three in four men now say it would be totally fine with them if their girlfriend got down on one knee and proposed. 57% of women say they'd be willing to pop the question, and 76% of men would be cool with it. 41% of guys would even want an engagement ring of their own. Some traditions are still going strong, though. For example, if the guy proposes, most women still think he should ask for the father's blessing first. The poll also found most women don't want the suspense to build too long. The best thing to say when you propose is a simple, will you marry me? About this doofus right here in St. Louis. Guy tried to hijack a car. This was early Saturday morning. It was a police car. The guy did have a gun, but the police were able to arrest him without anybody getting hurt. An auto-corrected text led to a major active shooter scare in Pittsburgh on Friday. Somebody in an office building texted another person, firearm, when it was supposed to be fire alarm, and then stopped responding. So the other person called 911, and the police evacuated the building. Whoops! Someone recently stayed at an Airbnb in Oklahoma and stole everything, including a bunch of appliances. But it was easy for the cops to track them down because these dumbasses used their actual ID to book the place. Dozens of JetBlue passengers stuck sitting on an idle plane for 45 minutes after the staff left for the night. The pilot comes on and says, uh, got something embarrassing to tell you guys. There's nobody to get you off this flight. And some states are more dependent, quote-unquote, dependent on the federal government for assistance than others. The most federally dependent state is Alaska. But listen to this, followed by Mississippi, Kentucky, West Virginia, and Montana. What a surprise. All red states. The least federally dependent state is Delaware, followed by New Jersey, Kansas, and Utah. 
So again, what we say, we do politics only when absolutely unavoidable. This is one of these days because even Mitch McConnell's state, along with Mississippi, West Virginia, and Montana, and Mitch's Kentucky, the most federally dependent states, for all their yakking about welfare reform, they're the ones taking a disproportionate amount of federal money for assistance. It always seems to come out in the wash, doesn't it? If you're looking for something to do this weekend, specifically Saturday night, and if you love music, live music, and if you happen to be a fan of ELO, the Electric Light Orchestra, Jeff Faulkner, local musician, you know him from Two Pedros and some of his other music projects, this band started up a couple of years ago, about three years ago, and they're going to be performing on Saturday night at Del Mar Hall, the brains behind the whole thing, Jeff Faulkner, going to be joining us tomorrow on the podcast right here. I would highly recommend you grabbing a couple of tickets. I've seen this show twice now. It is remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Mr. Blue Sky is the name of the project and Jeff Faulkner will be on with us. And again, the show is Saturday night at Del Mar Hall. Grab the remaining tickets right now. You can thank me later. And with that, the J.C. Corcoran Podcast for Monday, March 21st, 2022 is in the can. 240 days remaining in our American democratic system of government as we have known it. We're here Monday through Friday, absolutely free. We post right about 7 o'clock. If you miss something, don't worry. We archive everything. You may email me, jc at jconline.com. Facebook, the showgram with J.C. Corcoran. As I said, somewhere this week or next, we're going to have a fairly significant announcement to make right here at jconthelive.com, so don't miss it, okay? In the meantime, have yourself a great day. We've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.